Award-winning poet Eileen Miles is here to talk about the new documentary, Queer Genius, and give us their spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Eileen. Hey, thanks for having me on, Charlotte. Tell us about the uh, new documentary, Queer Genius. Oh, well, um, it's an amalgam of four or five, depending on how you count us, queer artists. You know, I mean, like, Barbara's no longer with us, but is kind of legendary and revolutionary and changed the game. I think the whole idea of the film is to take people who are immensely important to our community and that kind of are what raised our LGBT communities in general. It's sort of like, if you want to know who's out there, go to an art event and you'll see. And so I think this is kind of a living art event on film. How did you become involved I was invited. <laughs> I was invited. I mean, I've known Chet for a number of years, and I like their work a lot. And um, I don't know if they came to somebody else first, and I said, nah, but as far as I know, they wanted me in the film, and I was delighted. What would you like to see happen with this documentary? As a piece of art that came out during the pandemic, I think its moment is only beginning. You know, I just think this film should be shown at, you know, schools, campuses, community centers, town hall meetings. I mean, I think that it's really important. You know, it's like I think of a book like Leslie Feinberg's Stone Book, Butch Blues, and I think this should be on reading lists. It's a book about queer civil rights. And I think this film, and I think the essence of this film is to really put your body inside of a world in which... You know, these people are making art. These people are living their lives. There's a kind of genius to that. And I think that message out there, I hope it just gets tons and tons of screenings everywhere. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I'm already accomplishing it. You know, I began making art and writing when I was, I mean, all my life, but certainly in my 20s. And, um, you know, and I came to New York and I found people like me and I found myself in a community and we did stuff together, and then I did stuff alone in a park. You know, it's just like I made work for 20 years until I actually, one of the big moments was younger generation, younger than me, who had been reading my work all along, and then I started to understand that I had been received. For me, it's sort of like, you know, basically work is, is just the trace of my existence. You know, it's like as my life changes, my work changes. You know, I'm 72 now. So it's like I'm not making the same work I was making in 24. You know, I don't have the same problems. And so I have to keep finding radical ways to put that into my work and make that work. And, you know, and I have more time to make work now, and I have less pressure of being unknown. For me, I just want to, I simply want to keep making work and keep finding the people that need it. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the Biden administration? I do feel like the way we live and how we live is always way bigger than the current administration. So I'm impressed that we have a biracial leadership at this moment in time, which is incredible. But I guess I'm certainly hoping that all the crazy laws, like I'm in Texas, and currently <laughs> the governor of Texas is trying to get the child abuse part of the government to investigate parents who are letting their trans kids get counseling and even um, services of various kinds. You know, they're calling that child abuse. I'm always hoping that we can count on our institutions that are not our local governments 
to, to kind of disrupt the kind of changes. Because I, honestly, I don't even think Greg Abbott knows a trans kid. I don't think he even understands what trans is. He just sees power, you know? And it's sort of like, for some reason, these young people have become a political juggernaut, something to be bounced around and played with by the right. And to make us not really think about, you know, some of the even bigger issues, which is how they're spending our money and what they're considering education and public health. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these uh, challenging times? Wow. I guess I just want to say, if you feel strange, just know that strange is good. You know, strange is what we love and what we like, you know. Don't let what surrounds you determine what's inside of you or, you know, a judgment that what's inside of you is wrong that has to be stopped. You know, I mean, I grew up in, like, conservative Catholic family and school and culture, and it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that so much of my sadness and depression as a teen was about the fact that I was queer and there was no way to move. The good news about today is that it's out there. The community is out there. The help is out there. You might have to reach past your high school, but it is there in your town. It's there in your state. It's there on the Internet. And there's other LGBT kids in your school, you know. And so, I don't know. I mean, I just think take the risk, reach out, you know, and make sure you've got people around you that's got your back. And if it's not your family, find a librarian, teacher, you know, find somebody in the structure, but also find other kids that are just as strange as you are because they are there always and those are your people. How can people get information about Queer Genius and also your work? Queer Genius Frameline, the distributor, they've got it and they can get it to you. And my work is out there, you know, it's just, you know, just throw my name, Eileen Miles with the Y, on the internet and you'll find lots of books. If you've never read me, read Chelsea Girls, read Not Me. I keep writing. Hope you like it. <laughs> it's a lot, you know. So, and it's in the film. My work is in the film. I believe that I, I do some reading in it. What other projects are you working on? Oh, wow. Uh, um, my most upcoming project, I edited an anthology called Pathetic Literature. And that's coming out in November from Grove Press. And what it is is 105 writers that fit into this completely kind of free-floating definition of the word pathetic, which often stood in for queer or gender nonconformity. You know, if a woman is, like, taking too much, you know, if a man is too kind of chatty and effusive, he's pathetic, you know? It's not exactly an LGBT anthology, though I would say the majority of people in it are, but it just basically shows the ways that feeling and oddity can really strut in literature and take different forms and shapes and completely, um, you know, destabilize the reader in a rich way. And Because I think the word didn't always mean a negative. And so I thought, just like queer and other words, I wanted to take pathetic back, kind of a new flag. And otherwise, I'm sitting on a novel called All My Love, and that'll be out in a few years, probably. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Something to the effect of what is it like to be a queer writer and what is it like to not be a queer writer. And by that I mean being queer is like being famous. It's like not everybody knows that you are and it's not even what you are all the time. I think we're all passing through all these kind of amazing archways in our lives. I mean, when I'm alone with my dog, 
Am I queer? You know, walking my dog, am I queer? You know, but if I'm speaking for my community, I certainly am, you know, and I think we're all so many different things. So, I don't know, I guess this is just an opportunity for me to say I want that freedom to be inside and out, you know, and I want that for everybody. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? Well, um, there's a poet who I like a lot who was writing in the 30s named Laura Ryder, and she wrote a poem called Earth, and there's a line that says, Have no wide fears for Earth. And lately, that's just been in my head all the time. Have no wide fears for Earth. Because we do. I fear for my planet. I fear for my time. I fear for nature. I fear for every Ukrainian family, you know. I fear for every LGBT kid in a a repressive community, you know. But I just think that we have to, like, somehow imagine something better and banish fear, you know, for a whole moment so that we can kind of breathe in the present and expect a better future, you know.